This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the heavenly realms, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, so I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today's message is our twofold redemption, and we'll probably continue this also next Sunday, our twofold redemption. Say it out loud, 2023 is a year of miracles at Faith Christian Center. So I believe that if we will take action and enter into worship with all of our might and with all of our strength and believe God's word and confess God's word, we'll see God move mightily among us before this year is over. Amen. Now, what we're doing in 2023 is we're walking through the miracles of the New Testament, and we are looking for patterns and principles that we see in those miracles. Now, after we did last Sunday's message, Jesus withers the fig tree on the road from Bethany, it seemed to me that it would be a good thing to pause in the miracles and spend a couple of Sundays talking about how and why miracles happen how and why miracles happen. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding on how and why miracles happen. Now, today we'll cover several different passages, but we'll end up in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Now, regarding supernatural manifestations and gifts of the Spirit in operation, I want to be clear that we believe in them, we have them, and we should expect them. But in the meantime... We must preach the Word of God because supernatural manifestations won't work for everybody. And you can't count on them because they are severally as He wills. They come by the initiation and the moving of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, so you understand, if there was some lever out back that I could go pull and, and God move and Miracles happen, I'd be pulling that lever every Sunday. Do you understand that? Amen. So we can, we can preach the Word of God, and we can worship God with all of our heart, with all of our strength, with all of our might, with all of our soul. We can create the atmosphere. But at the end of the day, we are completely dependent upon Him and Him moving. And because of that, we cannot orchestrate miracles. We cannot pull a lever and make it happen. And because of that, we can't count on a miracle. We have got to teach and preach the Word of God so that the people of God know how to walk in constant, incessant victory. Now, this is what's on my mind for Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, and it bothers me. The children of Israel left Egypt. They crossed the desert. Then they spent 40 years wandering in the desert and none of them was sick and none of them was feeble and unless they were in battle, 
none of them died. Then we go to Hebrews 4, and we find out that the promise of entering God's rest still stands. So it's obvious that whatever they could do in the Old Testament, we can do in the New Testament because we have a superior covenant, we have a superior high priest, we have superior promises. But in my lifetime, nobody's ever taught how to do that. So I'm working on it. And let me tell you something else. Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, said that if you're in a church and the minister is not rehearsing answers to prayer and healings in his own life, you need to run. And so I know sometimes people, you know, <laughs> express a little irritation with me talking about, I got healed of this, I got healed of that, God answered this prayer, God answered that prayer. That's not a sign to run. That's a sign to stay glued. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you belong here. Amen. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you belong here. Amen. Amen. Because we are, we are pressing in to find out what belongs to us. We're not trying to invent something. We're just in a search to find out what belongs to us. Because God's word will work for everybody all the time. See, in other words, I can stand around and wait for a move of the Spirit, and, and I guess that's great, but I can't count on when he's going to move next. So in the meantime, I have got to focus on the Word of God because the Word of God works for everybody, and the Word of God works all the time. Amen? Amen? So we must teach and preach God's Word, and believers must continue to feed on God's Word concerning divine healing to keep their faith strong because you see healing belongs to us. Say it out loud. Healing belongs to us. You know, if you don't eat food, your body gets weak and your strength fades. In the same way, if you don't eat the word of God, feed on the word of God, your spirit man gets weak and your spiritual strength fades. You create your own success or your own failure by how you choose to spend your time. So feed on the word of God. Listen to good faith-building sermons. Watch good faith-building sermons and, uh, and do that instead of wasting your time. Constantly feed on the Word of God to keep your faith strong. Now, I've noticed this. Satan and his minions are lazy, and they go after the weak. In business parlance, we would say Satan and his minions go after low-hanging fruit. So you can avoid a lot of trouble in life by simply getting strong, and staying strong spiritually. I said you can avoid a lot of trouble in life by simply getting strong and staying strong spiritually. Constantly feed on the Word of God to keep your faith strong. So long as we are in these houses of flesh, the time will come when you will need faith for yourself or for someone in your family. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah wrote, Jeremiah 15, 16, when your words came, I ate them. They, the words of God, were my joy and my heart's de delight, for I bear your name, O Lord, God Almighty. So Jeremiah says he ate God's word. That means he fed on God's word. What you eat physically goes into your physical being. And what you read and what you feed on spiritually goes into your spiritual being. Unfortunately, that does not just work for us, that also works against us. 
For example, they're saying that young girls who use TikTok can get Tourette's syndrome. In other words, it is possible to actually pick up a demon spirit by what we watch or by what we listen to. And what about porn? Doors to demon spirits get opened by what we watch and by what we listen to. So when I say what you read, what you feed on spiritually goes into your spiritual being, this does not just work on the positive side of the equation, it also unfortunately works on the negative side of the equation. Christians need to continue to feed on God's word on the subject of divine healing. You could very well be a young person here this morning and say, well, I don't see why, because I don't need any healing. Well, so long as we live on this planet in these houses of flesh before Satan has been locked up for a thousand years and then later after the remodeling of this planet and Satan is cast into the lake of fire, my point is so long as we are in these houses of flesh and Satan's loose, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but there will come a point in time when you will need faith in God for healing. How about this? And if not, how about having faith in God for someone else's healing? Why does it all always have to be about me? Why can't I do what I can do to get strong in the Lord to be a blessing to somebody else? Now our answer is in Mark eleven twenty two to 24. It always is. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. If there's any answer for us, it has to be here. But none of this will work if we ignore the next two verses. I mean, it's amazing, in, even in my own life, how often I quote Mark 11, 22 to 24, and don't go on to 25 and 26. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Faith will simply not work when there is a spirit of unforgiveness about you. The same Jesus who spoke the words of verses 22 to 24 also spoke the words of verses 25 and 26. If there is a spirit of unforgiveness about you, if there is an air of unforgiveness about you, your faith will not work and your prayers will not work. Of all the statements that Jesus made about faith in the four gospels, this is the only hindrance to faith that he ever mentioned. Now that last sentence is so important, let me rehearse that again. Of all the statements that Jesus made about faith in all four Gospels, this is the only hindrance to faith that Jesus ever mentioned. So this must really be important. I tell people all the time, if my prayers and my faith did not work, then this would be the first place I would look. This would be the first place I would go. So get into the Word of God because the Word of God will actually heal you. God's Word is medicine. 
And God's word is health. We know this from Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they, that is my words, the words of God, for they are life to those who find them and health to a, a man's whole body. And then look at verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Be careful about what you allow into your hearing and be careful what you allow into your eye gates. Jesus said in Luke 8, 18, therefore consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has will be taken from him. So con consider carefully how you listen or be careful what you listen to. The word of God is health, and healing for believers. Say it out loud. The word of God is health God is and, healing and healing for believers. For believers. Proverbs 4.22, for they, my words, the word of God are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. One translation says, my words are medicine to all their flesh. Now, medicine wouldn't do you any good on the nightstand or on the, the uh, kitchen cabinet shelf. For, me for medicine to do you any good, it's got to get in you. And God's medicine is the same way. For the word of God to do you any good, it has got to get in you. God's word is medicine. Say it out loud. God's word is medicine. Say it again. God's word is medicine. But you have to take your medicine. You have to eat your medicine. <laughs> I remember the first whipping I ever got. Oh, my mom, God bless her. A sorrier cook who never inhabited the planet. And uh, so she, she cooked some meal. I forgot what it was. No, tell her what it was. We were still in Highland Park, Michigan, so I, I was still five or under. And, and I just sat there and looked at it. I mean, I was a little boy. I just sat there and looked at it, and it didn't smell any better as the moments went by. <laughs> so she left the room to go do something else, and I went over to the trash can, and I just shoved it in the, in the trash can. And, she came back in and she said, did you eat all that? I said, yes, ma'am. And she, she saw the shovel marks on the edge of the plate. She goes in and checks the trash. Man, I got to whip it. <laughs> but God's word is not like that. Hallelujah. There's a, a sweetness of aroma about it. Hallelujah. Like the testimony that Pastor Sue read, because when we, we start feeding on the word of God, and we start living for the Lord, and we start praising the Lord, well, our, our money turns around, and our health turns around, and our family turns around, and it all gets better. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But for it to do you any good, you got to eat it. Amen. Amen. Same thing as with natural food or with natural medicine. It's not going to do you any good until you take it. God's Word is medicine. And God's word will cure everything. Say it out loud. God's word is medicine. God's word. And God's word will cure everything. Now let's go to Isaiah 53 and talk about our twofold redemption. We're talking about how and why miracles work. Now, the last couple of Sundays, we've been around this issue. And I want to try and take today and next Sunday in focus the how and the why of miracles happen. And we see it over and over and over and over and over. Just last yesterday sometime I reread 
the healing of Bartimaeus in Luke's gospel. He doesn't identify the name Bartimaeus, but it is that miracle. And over and over and over, we see this th same thing. They, they were ready, say ready. ready, and they were willing, say willing, willing. to receive, say receive, receive, from the Lord Jesus Christ. But why and how did those miracles happen? Because here's what we do. We disconnect from those miracles because we read them as stories or we read them as history. And we don't ask ourselves the why and the how of how it happened. And I learned from one of my fathers in the faith, Dr. Fred Price, that if we can identify principles and patterns from the Word of God, we can repeat them and we can repeat them over and over and over. Because God is not capricious. God is methodical. And God honors his word. So once you identify a pattern or a principle and you work it and it works, well, you can do that over and over and over and over. We do this all the time with giving. Ready? See, Bartimaeus, they told him to shut up. He shouted all the more. He cast aside his beggar's garment. He had a posture of faith. He was ready and willing to receive. But here's the reason it works and the only reason it works and this is what Satan has tried to hide from the people of God, and that is, it is the nature of God to heal. It is the nature of God to forgive. It is the nature of God to bless. See, religion has tried to hide these things, almost that it's, it's wrong to get blessed, or it's wrong to want to be blessed, or that, that you can't count on God, that he's like a roulette wheel in Vegas, and you never know, is it going to hit on red or black? You never know. Maybe sometimes it's God's will to heal. Sometimes maybe it's not God's will to heal. All of this we have got to put in the trash bin. Don't put it in the recycle bin so somebody else will get it. Put it in the trash bin and take it out to the street. Because we've got to go to the Word of God and we've got to see the only reason somebody like Bartimaeus or the woman with the issue of blood all these miracles, the only reason they happen is because it is the nature of God to heal. It is the nature of God to heal. It is the nature of God to heal. You don't have to berate them. You don't have to talk them into it. You don't have to bother them until he finally relents and heals you. You don't have to get good enough. In fact, you can't get good enough. Say it out loud. It is the nature of God to heal. See, we just have to let them. We have to let them. We have to take that posture of faith and be ready and willing to receive. Amen. Isaiah 53, 3, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Say it out loud. With his stripes, with his stripes we, are we are healed. 
Now, the 53rd chapter of Isaiah holds the key to our redemption. And here is the key to our redemption, both spiritual and physical, our twofold redemption. Now, the fourth verse in the Hebrew reads, Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. In the 10th verse of Isaiah 53 in the King James, it reads, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he hath put him to grief. And again, the word translated grief is sick or sickness. And the Hebrew Bible literally reads, he hath made him sick. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus was actually literally sick with disease any more than it means that Jesus was actually literally uh, sinful. But the Bible says that God made him to be sin. God says the Bible made him to be sick. And in the same way that God made Jesus to be sin, God made Jesus to be sick. And it was for us. It was all for us. Now, someone might say, I don't understand that. Well, I don't either. But I believe it because that's what the Bible says. Then Matthew 8, 17 reads that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. And here Matthew is quoting Isaiah 53, 4. Isaiah 53, 4, King James says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And the Hebrew reads, Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. And Matthew 8, 17 says, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And Matthew is quoting Isaiah. Now, Dr. Robert Young, who wrote the Young's Analytical Concordance, translates Isaiah 53, 3-6, this way, in his literal translation of the Bible, he is despised and left of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And as one hiding <clears throat> the face from us, he is despised and we esteemed him not. Surely our sicknesses he hath borne and our pains he hath carried them. And we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God and afflicted. And he is pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And by his bruise, there is healing to us. All of us like sheep have wandered each to his own way. We have turned and Jehovah hath caused to meet on him the punishment of us all. Thank God. Now the 10th and 12th verses. And Jehovah hath delighted to bruise him. He hath made him sick. Verse 12, with transgressors he was numbered, and he the sin of many hath borne, and for transgressors he intercedeth. Now Dr. Isaac Lesser's translation of the Old Testament, Lesser's Jewish Bible written in 1853 was for decades the only Bible used by Orthodox Jews. Isaiah 53, 3-5 in Lesser's translation, he was despised and shunned by men, a man of pains and acquainted with disease. And as one who hid his face from us, was he despised, and we esteemed him not. But only our diseases did he bear himself, and our pains he carried. While we indeed esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and through his bruises, healing granted to us. 
In verse 10, but the Lord was pleased to crush him through disease. Now the Lord Jesus didn't actually have leprosy or tuberculosis, but the cause of all disease and sickness was laid upon him, just like the cause of all sin was laid upon him. Thank God for our twofold redemption. And I want you to understand. I want you to understand where you're sitting, and I want you to understand who you're listening to. We reject without equivocation any attempt to abrogate what Jesus did for us on Calvary's cross. And we will simply not accept any explanation of the Word of God that denies that He paid the price, not just for us spiritually, but also for us physically. Can I get an amen? amen? Can I get a better amen? amen? Then in Rotherham's translation, verse 10, yet Yahweh proposed to bruise him. He laid on him sickness. Now, every Christian denomination believes the portion of Scripture in Isaiah 53, 6, where it says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord hath, has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Well, then why not believe the rest of the chapter? If we're going to believe verse 6, why not believe verses 4 and verse 10? Why not believe the rest of it? Why divide Isaiah 53 and believe some of the verses and not all of the verses? This is a great and a mighty and a powerful truth that Satan has hid from the church and unfortunately, a lot of the hiding has been done by ministers. There is no difference in the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins and the sacrifice of Jesus for our sicknesses and infirmities and pains. He is the Savior of our souls. He is the deliverer of our sins. And He is the deliverer of our diseases. Hallelujah. 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 But this is a great truth that has been hidden from the body of Christ. Amen. Isaiah also wrote, verse 4, He hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Lift your hands to God and say to your Father, Thank you, Father God. I am just as gloriously and marvelously and wondrously healed as I am gloriously and marvelously and wondrously saved. <laughs> now, if I can believe that God laid my iniquities on Jesus, and because he laid my iniquities on Jesus, there is salvation for me, and there is for me the remission of sins, there is new birth for me, then I can also believe that this chapter tells me that he also laid my sicknesses and my diseases and my pains on Jesus, and I can believe for my healing exactly the same way that I believe for forgiveness of sins, because it is the same plan. I said it is the same plan. 
I said, this is the way it was preached for the first 400 years of the church's history. But then they separated it out. You can count on God to get saved, but then you got to chase him. Hey, maybe, 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 maybe you can get healed. No, 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 no. The same Jesus that saved me is the same Jesus that heals me. It's not only the same redemption, it's not only the same sacrifice, by God is in the same chapter. How do people miss it? Because it's the same plan, it's the same program, it's the same sacrifice, it's even in the same chapter. Lift your hands again and say, thank you, Father God. I'm just as gloriously and marvelously and wondrously healed as I am gloriously and marvelously and wondrously saved. Our problem isn't God. Our problem is that oftentimes we have hands laid upon us or we are anointed with oil or we pray the prayer of agreement with someone and we are not ready. We are not in the Bartimaeus posture of faith. We are not in the woman with the issue of blood posture of faith. We are not ready and willing to receive. Lift your hands to heaven and say, Father God, I am ready and I am willing to receive your nature your healing nature. People come for help oftentimes, but they want help on their terms. They're not ready to surrender to the Lord. Folks are not always ready for help. They can be helped, but they're not always ready for help. And when we go ahead and pray for them when they are not ready, many times instead of helping them, we actually push them further from their answer. A verse that is completely ignored in these modern times is 1 Timothy 5.22, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. Evangelists we know deliberately ignore this verse. We've talked to them about it until we have exhausted our patience. When we lay hands on people willy-nilly, we do not help them. We hurt them. And maybe one out of a thousand or so gets some help in some manner, but it, it doesn't really accomplish a lot for a lot of people. I know what will accomplish a lot for a lot of people. I know what we can count on 100% of the time. I know what has never failed us and what will never fail us, and that is the Word of God. Forever, O oh Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. All your words are true. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People need to be prepared for the laying on of hands or the anointing of oil or even the prayer of faith or the prayer of agreement. And we get prepared by having our attention drawn to the word of God by hearing what God has said. We need to give people an opportunity to hear the word of God, to hear the word of God taught before we pray for them. Then they in faith can receive the impartation of God's power. Lift your hands again and say, Father God, I'm ready. Father God, I'm ready. 
and I'm willing and I'm ready to receive your nature, your healing nature. Look at Mark 6, 5 and 6, and he, Jesus, could do no mighty work there save that he laid his hands upon a, a few sick folk and healed them. Talking about his hometown. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Their unbelief stopped Jesus. Now, when somebody doesn't get healed, the thought never occurs to us to look in the mirror and say, hey, you're responsible. We always want to blame God. Well, you know, I try to get healed, but it must not be the will of God. And we come up with all these religious cliches. But the Bible says that it was their unbelief that stopped Jesus. And there he could do no mighty work. So what was his solution? Verse 6. Look at the solution. It says in verse 6, And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around about the villages teaching. So the problem was not God. The problem was their unbelief. And the solution was not a Daniel fast. And the solution was not drinking anointing oil. And the, the solution was not all this hucksterism we've got going on today in full gospel ranks. The solution was to go round about the villages teaching the unchanging, the unwavering, the immutable word of the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, he laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Mark, which is Peter dictating to Mark, didn't say Jesus wouldn't do any mighty work there. Mark says he couldn't do any mighty work there. Well, if he was operating as God, why couldn't he just do anything he wanted? And if he were anointed by the Holy Spirit, why couldn't he just do anything he wanted? Because their faith had something to do with it. I said because their faith had something to do with it. Lift your hands again and say, thank you, Father God. I'm ready and I'm willing to receive your nature, your healing nature. Mark 6, 5 Amplified says, and he, Jesus, could not do a miracle there at all because of their unbelief, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So what was Jesus' solution? Look again at verse 6. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around about the villages teaching. He went around about the villages teaching. Let me say it again. Our problem isn't God. Our problem is that oftentimes when we have hands laid on us, or when we're anointed with oil, or when we pray the prayer of agreement with someone, we're simply not ready. We have not, we have not yet eaten enough of God's medicine to be ready. We have not yet taken enough of God's medicine, the Word of God, to be ready. How do we get ready? By immersing ourselves in the Word of God and what the Word of God has to say about healing. Lift your hands again and say, thank you, Father God. I'm just as gloriously and marvelously and wondrously healed as I am gloriously and marvelously and wondrously saved. Thank you, Father God. I am ready and I am willing to receive 
of your nature, your healing nature. Hallelujah. I believe it with all of my heart. I believe it with all of my heart. In the, uh, in the praise report, Pastor Sue read before the message, that young person mentioned uh, <laughs> Pastor Gene's 12 steps to praying over money, I think I called it, or he did. <laughs> I just totally ripped that off the Holy Spirit. <laughs> In fact, everything I'm, you ever hear me say, I'm ripping off either from the Word of God or the Holy Spirit. That was February of 2018. I'm out praying, and he told me, he said, son, you're letting go of things. And he coached me on that particular issue. But how many things, how many things, how many things have we let go of? How many things? Our lives are changed, transformed, made new by hearing about what Jesus did for us and taking the posture of faith and being ready and willing to receive. Kind of ties into Isaiah 119, doesn't it? If ye be willing and obedient, if ye be obedient and willing, you'll eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, how do we get willing? Well, we got to hear more word. How do we get willing? We have to have the posture of faith Lift your hands again and say it out loud again. I, thank you, Father God. I'm just as gloriously and marvelously and wondrously healed as I am gloriously and marvelously and wonderfully saved. Thank you, Father God. I take the posture of faith. I am ready and I am willing to receive of your nature, your healing nature. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Breathe on me. Breathe on us. Breathe on Faith Christian Center. By your spirit. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I was a young man, they would wrap up at Bethesda Missionary Temple by saying, Thank God for the preaching of his word. Hallelujah. Because we get strong when we hear the word of God. Let's bow our heads. You might be here this morning and maybe you've never personally and individually made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. That's where faith begins. Faith doesn't begin with success or prosperity or healing or any of these other issues. Faith begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of our lives personally and individually. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was for the super spiritual. He said, you must be born again. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior. I've never gone to Father God in the name of Jesus and confess my sins and ask him to forgive me and to save me. But I want to do so this morning. 
If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. We're going to pray. There may be others here this morning. You're away from God. You're not living for the Lord like you used to. You've drifted off. You didn't mean to. Maybe like that testimony we heard before the message. Going back to the old friends, going back to the old habits, going back to the old lifestyle. And you find yourself here this morning and you're away from God. Well, the word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm backslidden. I don't want to remain in a backslidden condition. I want to recommit my life to God. I want to make it right. I want to live for him from this day to my last day. That's you this morning, wherever you are. Lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Yes, ma'am. How many others this morning? Pastor, that's me. Everybody in the room, let's stand up together. If you raise your hand for either invitation, I want you to gather your belongings in hand so you're not thinking about your stuff. Just bring your stuff with you. And if you raised your hand for either invitation, I want you to be bold about it. Step out to the aisle. Join me here at the front. We're going to pray. And let me say this. There are others here, and you did not raise your hand, but the Spirit of God is dealing with you. The Spirit of God is drawing you. The Spirit of God is calling you. You know, the world is crazy bold for their insanity. So we can't really get away with being shy about our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to be as bold for the Lord as the world is bold for their craziness and their nuttiness. So if you raise your hand for either invitation, join me here at the front. We're going to pray. And we're going to pray also for the sake of anyone watching online. Let's pray this way. Father God, I give you my life. Time's gone by. Gone my own way. Done my own thing. And I've lived for self. But I'm done with that. And I give you my life. I ask, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you would forgive me of my sins. I believe, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And therefore, according to your word, you forgive me and you receive me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer as a prayer of commitment or recommitment, you can contact us at fccarlington.com salvation. Let us know about your decision. We'd be happy to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. If you need a Bible, let us know. Uh, English, we have English Bibles and Spanish Bibles. Let us know what you need. We'll send it to you because God has met all of our needs and we are well able to be a blessing. Amen, amen, amen. amen.